Hi there, I'm John Wassell. I want to just welcome you to uh, Blow the Trumpet today. We're uh, looking at a video Bible course on the armor of God, and we're uh, really uh, working on this. Is, uh, this is session nine out of ten sessions, and so today we're going to be looking at uh, the sword of the Spirit. And the uniqueness about this uh, piece of armor in the uh, in all the pieces that. Uh, of the armor that God has given to us. Um, the vast majority of it is, in fact all of it, except this, uh, except the sword of the spirit, all of it is, is, uh, is defensive really. And yet the sword is that which is a, as a, an offensive weapon. It's not something that is used to protect. The shield is, is what's used to protect. The breastplate of righteousness protects and uh, these kind of things, the helmet of salvation, it protects. But the sword is uh, uh, is that weapon that is actually an offensive weapon that's used to actually strike out uh, against uh, the enemy. And so it's, it's unique in that way. And I'm just going to take the time just to go uh, to our text in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Uh, I'm reading from the uh, King James uh, Version of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through verse 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Let's just uh, have a word of prayer together. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that you have sent forth that uh, guides us into all truth. And Lord, you've said that we will know the truth and the truth will set us absolutely free. And Lord, we trust now, Lord God, as we, as we look into this truth concerning the sword of the Spirit, Lord, that we will receive uh, the depths and meanings of this, Lord God, in a creative way. Lord, that it would rise up within us, Lord God, and build faith within us, that we would, Lord God, be uh, uh, more courageous, Lord God, in using this offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, against, uh, against the, our enemy, the principalities and powers uh, of darkness, Lord, and we just thank you for your commitment to our well-being. Thank you, Lord God, that we do not, uh, we're not here on earth alone trying to just struggle through life. Lord, we're not in this battle, this spiritual battle alone, Lord God. No, you've, you've come before. Lord, you've lived it. You've, uh, you've uh, walked through that battle. You've been successful in that, Lord God. And now, Lord, you share that with us. You share, you share these, these techniques, Lord God, that we, you want us to apply in our lives. We thank you for that. Lord, just let grace rest upon us uh, powerfully, Lord God, that we would be able to rise in Jesus' name exercising the necessary disciplines, Lord, to put this armor on and to use it in order that we would more accurately represent you in our generation for your honor and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's interesting there, just as, I was, uh, just as I was praying, a thought was coming to me, and uh, that is the thought that 
you know, some of us, we come to this aspect of the armor of God and we can, we can look at it and we can, and the enemy can come to us and, and just speak failure uh, to us, uh, speak the aspect, you know, of, of, uh, of inadequacy and uh, uh, inabilities. And it just takes me, it takes me right back to when Carol and I started our, our walk with the Lord and, and it wasn't very long after our salvation, really, that we were involved in, in gospel ministry, just something, you know, the Lord did. And uh, uh, I remember us talking about this. We were reading the scriptures and it was saying, you know, that we weren't, uh, uh, Paul wasn't ignorant of Satan's devices. And, and uh, uh, you know, in our devotional time, we read this and we thought, wow, you know, we are so ignorant of, uh, of the enemy's devices. You know, and we've been on the way now for 40 plus years. And uh, we can honestly say at this stage and phase of life that we are a lot more learned as it pertains to this uh, area of the devices of the, of the wicked one, you know, how he comes and accuses us. He's the accuser of the brethren. And you, even right now, you may, you may sense that you're being accused of failure or inadequacy in this aspect of the armor of God. You just feel like, you know, maybe you haven't applied it all. And I just want, I just want to encourage you in Jesus name that, you know, the Lord isn't finished with any of us yet path of the just shines brighter and brighter unto that perfect day. And as we, as we know from Philippians 1 and verse 6, it says that the Lord has begun a good work in us, and he's just going to keep on keeping on right up into the day that we see Jesus Christ. And I find it's this way in my own life with truth. You know, I can I can say, you know, well, I know that truth. It's like this armor of God, uh, you know, uh, before doing the, this, uh, you know, this Bible video course on it. You know, I've, I just was refreshed on it. You know, over the years, you know, we've pastored a few, you know, uh, smaller churches, and, you know, I've taught this in, in I, I think, every, every place we've ever been. And it's something that's very meaningful to me, but you know, uh, even of late, I receive a fresh, a fresh understanding, a deeper understanding of truths I already know. And uh, you know, I just want to encourage you in this that that there's a there's a greater understanding for us. There's a there's a, a greater revelation for us in all these areas of the armor of God, so that we can understand uh, how it works. Uh, how what it takes for us to actually put this on and and be effective and I just want to stress that again it's it's so absolutely essential that that we understand that all this armor God has given to us the weapons of our warfare they're not carnal but they're mighty through God and uh, you know that's a quote out of 2nd Corinthians 10 and verse 4 the weapons of our warfare are not carnal uh, but they're mighty through God God has given these weapons to us you know like uh, the helmet of salvation is a, is a God gift. The breastplate of righteousness is a God gift. Our loins gird about with truth. Truth is truth is of God. You know, our feet shod of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, all these things are, are of God. You know, standing strong. It's, a, it's the strength of the Lord. All these are gifts from God. But we need to realize that, that in God's love for us, he has chosen to be, have us to become actively engaged in what he wants for us. Our God is not a rapist. He's, you know, he stands at the door of our lives and he knocks. You know, he wants to come in. He wants us to make room uh, for more of him. We don't like this. We can know certain truths about, about the armor of God. And God is saying, you know what? I want to come in and I want to reveal more uh, depth and more understanding standing to you uh, regarding uh, the armor of God. And he, he stands at the door and knock. He's not going to kick the 
the door down. He's not going to force us uh, to receive from him. In meekness, we receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. There's that, that receiving. Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. They didn't receive him. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, the authority to become the sons of God. And so we, we start our journey in God by welcoming in the word of God, by receiving the truth Jesus Christ into our lives. And that's how life continues for us. And the Lord is just wanting us to receive more. He's asking, you know, can I come in? Can I bring my truth uh, into your life? And in this aspect of, uh, of the sword of the spirit, there's, there's, uh, there's certain disciplines that we need to to apply in our lives in order that this uh, sword would be effective. And the sword is the word of God, the spoken word of God. And we see it in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the prophetic word uh, in, uh, in Psalm 107 and verse 20. And it says there that God sent his word and healed them. That was, you know, uh, through David, that was, that was prophesied uh, uh, long ago. And then we find where Jesus, the word, the word was manifest, the word came. And uh, wherever Jesus went, he was the word for personified. And wherever he went, we find we find that there was healing. God sent His Word in the person of Lord Jesus Christ and and brought healing. There's a, a real uh, awesome illustration uh, given to us in Matthew 8 verses 5 through 8. And uh, here we have this uh, this centurion and. Uh, uh, his son was uh, paralyzed with a, you know, dreadfully uh, uh, tormented, and he came to Jesus and, and asked Jesus to come and, you know, heal his son. And Jesus said, you know, I, I will come and, uh, and, uh, and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, now quote, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under uh, my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And here, this centurion, who was a man under authority, he had people, you know, uh, above him that, uh, uh, that told him what to do, and he simply carried that out, and he said, there's power in my words. When I speak and I say to that servant, you know, go, he goes, come, and he comes. And he said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. I'm not worthy of you to come to my house. You just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And it's so incredible. This man's faith was just so awesome. And it really impressed the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? The man, the man uh, uh, had his, his son absolutely healed. And the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, we learn this in, in Hebrews 2.14 and, and uh, 1 John 3 and verse 8, that Jesus came to destroy the devil and he came to destroy the devil's work. How does Jesus destroy the devil's work? How does he do it in your life? How does he do it in my life? And, and let's just expand that a little further. How did God do it through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ? And how is Jesus going to do it through you and me? How is he going to destroy uh, the powers of darkness? What what Jesus did is he came, and what did he do? He spoke the word. Remember when they sent out uh, the soldiers to go and get Jesus? They came back empty-handed, and they said, what are you doing here, you know, uh, empty-handed? Where's Jesus? And they, they just marveled. They said, nobody spoke uh, like this man at all. And Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit, and they are life. You know, we go out there on the storm-tossed sea. The disciples are in the ship. You know, they're, they're fishermen, and yet they're, they're, they're afraid they're, they're going to die. They're going to sink. That's how severe the storm was. 
and Jesus just speaks to the wind. He speaks to the wave, and there's a there's an awesome calm. And and I like this part about immediately they were they were at the other side, and Jesus exercised the authority of Almighty God, the authority of the kingdom of God through speaking uh, His word. God sent His word and uh, and healed and brought deliverance. And so, uh, uh, you know, in the positive sense, we see this aspect of, of the power of, of God's Word. Now, let's look at this in the aspect of a, of a direct confrontation that, that Jesus had uh, with the devil out there in the wilderness. You know, he's, he, he, it's an amazing thing. Uh, he submits to uh, water baptism, John the Baptist. Jesus is 30 at the time. You know, he'd lived 30 years of his life. Word came out of heaven, you know, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He, he got that word. And, you know, this is pre, pre a Holy Spirit anointing coming upon him. He had pleased the Father. He submits himself to the water baptism. You know, the heavens open and the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. And now, now he's truly anointed to go forth and to preach the gospel, heal the sick, give sight to the blind, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, all of these things that were spoken prophetically about the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And uh, it's interesting, the first thing that happens in Jesus' life, before he preaches a sermon, before he heals the sick, before he gives sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, cleanses the leper, any of that kind of stuff, uh, as wonderful it is, we find that he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, and there uh, Jesus did combat with the devil. The devil came to him and tempted him. And how did Jesus, with all this anointing, he, it's, the Bible says clearly that he had the Spirit without any measure. <laughs> In other words, as much anointing as, as a person can get, as a, as a man can get, Jesus had it. There was no limitation at all. He had the full anointing of the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of, of the Lord led him out into the wilderness. What for? To do battle with the devil. And that was one of the purposes Jesus came for, destroy the works of the devil and the devil himself. And that word destroy means to render powerless. Render powerless Satan and to render powerless the works of the devil, and that is sin. And through this combat that was going on, when the devil came to him through the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, how did Jesus combat all those three areas? He was he was tempted on all points as we are. There's three points, and that is, is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. How did Jesus gain the victory over each of those temptations? An amazing thing, the anointing of God fully upon him. How, Jesus, did you win the battle? You know what? You know how he did it? You can go back and read that in Luke 4. How did Jesus win the battle? It is written. And what he does is he speaks forth the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. And uh, we need to have a solid foundation in the word of the Lord. And I believe with all of my heart, as we get closer and closer uh, to the return of Christ, there's going to be there's going to be more and more deception. And uh, we need to be a people that is solidly anchored in the word of the living God. How did Jesus uh, win over the devil himself? By saying, it is written. And he, he just basically quoted the scripture, it is written. 
And uh, that's, that was an exercise of defeating the devil. He came out of that experience in the power of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't beaten up. He wasn't, uh, uh, no power was diminished from him at all. He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are totally, absolutely victorious. Child of God, that's what the Lord wants for you. That's what he wants for me. He wants us absolutely victorious in our lives. And there's certain things that we need to understand. If we're doing, if we're doing a battle against the powers of darkness, we need to know the Word of God. You think, well, you know, how would God do it? If God came here in a human form, you know, how, how would he do it? How would he, how would he attack the enemy? How would he, uh, uh, you know, kind of release that sword of the Spirit? What he would do is he would say, it is written, it is written, it is written. When the Satan came, came to tempt Jesus, Jesus won the battle by saying, it is written. It's a powerful truth, a truth that you and I need in our lives. Why? Because we're, we're tempted. We're tempted. We're tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the enemy, his tactics aren't, aren't new at all, but they're still very effective if we don't understand uh, his tricks. If we don't understand uh, his deceptions, then we, uh, we can fall prey to it. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, if, if you don't get anything more out of, out of this particular uh, video than this, you need the Word of God. I need the Word of God. This Word is the sword of the Holy Spirit. And when we start speaking forth the Word of God, it becomes that, the Word of God. It's not black ink on, on white paper. It's not the Logos or red ink on white paper. It's not the Logos anymore. It becomes a rhema. It becomes life. As the Spirit of God takes that Word, it becomes absolutely life. It's, it's interesting when uh, Jesus began to speak to his disciples about his departure, you know, that he would be crucified. They, they really wrestled with that. They really struggled with that. They weren't, they weren't really uh, too anxious to receive that truth. Their, their vision of, of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, was kind of a repeat of the, of the life of David or the life of Solomon where there was a physical kingdom set up on earth and, and they were kind of the world rulers. And they were expecting that Jesus would come and set up his kingdom and they would, they would know freedom from the, from the Roman Empire. And yet that wasn't in the calendar of the Lord at all. That wasn't his purposes. And so when Jesus started to tell them about uh, about him going to the cross. Peter just jumped into that. And yeah, and the word of God, actually, Peter, Peter went to Jesus and he rebuked him and said to Jesus, this isn't going to be the way it is. And it's so interesting how Jesus responded to this. Notice what it says in Matthew 16, 23. And he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you do not or rather, you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus identified uh, what was behind the speech that, that Peter made, what was behind the rebuke. You know, and in that rebuke, there was a temptation coming to Jesus to, to avoid Calvary, to avoid the will of God. And, and Jesus absolutely just spoke and said, Satan, you get behind me. And he was exercising the sword of the Spirit of the Lord. And Evidently, you know, that's exactly what happened. The enemy uh, was gone. And so we see where speaking forth the word of God uh, was a very effective weapon uh, in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. God used it powerfully while Jesus was here on earth. Okay, now how about you and how about me? You know, that was, you can say, well, you know, that was good for Jesus, but what about little old me? 
And uh, I don't know about you, but one of the challenges that I've had as a, as a, as a Christian, you know, I've been on the way for, for 40 years. One of the challenges that, I, that I've had is actually to fully embrace the position that I have because of the, of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I become a child of God. And as a child of God, I become an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You know, that just blows me right out of the water. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. You mean to say that spiritually, the Father has given to me everything that he had given to Jesus. It's like, wow, Lord, you know, open my heart. Open my spiritual eyes. Let me see the truth of my of my position in, in God. That we are actually seated together with Christ in heavenly places. That we are, that we are blessed so, so very much. And when it comes to this area of living a victorious life, of exercising these, these uh, spiritual weapons. It's, who is the prototype? Jesus is the prototype. The Son of Man came, and he came in absolutely the same flesh as we did. He had the same soul as we have. Was there potential for him to sin? Could he have sinned? Yes, he could have. You know, otherwise, uh, what what good would there be in, in in temptation if he wasn't able to sin? There would be there would be no point in saying, "Well, I've been tempted on all points like you are, with yet, yet without sin." No, he the the capability. I'll get that right. The capability uh, was there for for Jesus to sin. So he had a human nature like you and I, but he was absolutely totally uh, victorious. And he, he used that he used that spiritual weapon of the sword of the spirit. All right, for you and I, he's the prototype. He's come, he's lived it, he's done it, he's left his word for us to see and learn how it works. How do you do this? And that's you know, that's what we're doing now. How do we use this sword of the spirit? We know Jesus did it and was successful in it. Wow. I mean, everywhere he went, he just spoke his word and you know, uh, people were healed. There's Lazarus dead for four days, his, his flesh is, is so dead, it's rotting. And Jesus just speaks his word, never laid hands on him at all. He just spoke his creative word and bam, you know, there's Lazarus uh, raised from the dead. And you know, everything that we see and don't see, God, how do how did you do it? How did you do it? Our, the Word of God says he spoke it into existence. Incredible creative power in the Word of God. And Jesus used that creative word. And now, as heirs of God, as sons of God, we are we're children of the Most High God. We're we're not we're not we're not citizens of this world trying to get to heaven. No, we're citizens of heaven here on earth, representing the King and representing the spiritual kingdom of God. We cannot accurately represent Jesus nor the kingdom of God without us experiencing the power and anointing and blessing of Almighty God. God in our lives. We can't, we can't properly express Christ unless we, we learn personally how to get victory over the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness in our lives. When, we are, when we're being tempted from every arena, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, how do we get, how do we get to victory uh, in these uh, areas of, of our lives? And one of the ways is through using this sort of spirit. Jesus used it and it's a part of our life as well. Romans 10 verses 8 to 10 says this. I'll just take the time to read it. He says, but what does it say? What does, what does the word say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important, this aspect of confessing Christ, you know, if somebody just receives Jesus as the Lord and Savior, if you, if you experience that privilege and that blessing in your life that you lead somebody, you know, uh, uh, to Christ, maybe you lead them in a, in a sinner's prayer or whatever, somehow you've led them to Christ. It's also important that you actually encourage them to confess what has happened uh, 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 to them. I'm so grateful that when I gave my heart and life to the Lord, you know, uh, the very next meeting we were in, and, you know, the evangelist who was pastoring the church, you know, said basically, you know, uh, what happened in your life. And I had opportunity, as awkward as it was, and, you know, I felt very awkward. But, you know, God graced me just to stand up and say what had happened. You know, I had uh, repented of my sin. I had received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And really what that action really is, faith without works is dead. You know, how, how do you know a person has faith? The reason you know they have faith is because there's actions of faith. I'm going to say this in this as well. Actions don't produce faith. Hello? Actions don't produce faith. So we're looking at we're looking at faith that produces action. And in the salvation experience, it's like, you know what? I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And, you know, maybe maybe on your Christian journey, you know, maybe you know those people, they profess Christianity. And, you know, in your conversations with them, all they talk about is God. They, that's all they talk about is God. They never, ever mention Jesus. You know, and that just is a big question mark to me. You know, uh, they need to confess Christ uh, as Lord. The devils believe, the devils believe in God. You know, it's the Jesus is the problem area. And uh, when we are genuinely saved, the faith of Christ is in us. And that faith rises in our hearts. And what that faith does now, it produces the works. And those works come out of the mouth saying, you know what? Wow. I just received Jesus Christ as my Lord and said, I believe Jesus is God. I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe Jesus has forgiven me of my sin. I believe that, that he's caused me to be born again. He is my Lord and he is my Savior. And that's faith speaking. Faith that is in my heart is speaking that out. And so that's, that's basically how, you know, our, our, our journey uh, starts. Faith in us produces the confession uh, of Christ uh, in our mouth, and it's a part of the, of the steps uh, to a salvation uh, experience. All right, now let's carry this on as it pertains to our everyday Christian life. We've, we've accepted Christ. We're a new believer. We're on our way. We're on the journey. And now, now what about this? What about this confessing with our mouth? What about these words of faith uh, being spoken? And I want to, I want to say this on the outset of this because there's, there's so much uh, out there right now, and has been for a while. That unless you, unless you properly understand it, what you can do is you can get the cart before the horse. Faith produces works. Works will not produce faith. Works will not produce faith. Faith produces works. And uh, uh, as it says in, in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Okay, now, how do, you, how do you reconcile those two things? How do those two things come together? Kingdom of God is not in word. In other words, it's not a bunch of yakaboo. You know, and you can get people, they're just confessing, confessing, confessing. I remember one time, you know, along our, our uh, journey, we, we, had a, we uh, brought a young person, a young fellow into our house and allowed him to, to stay in our house and you know it uh, he was actually demonized 
And uh, through this experience, he, this is way back, you know, when the word faith thing just had started. And he got, he got into this thing. And I mean, he was so on my case, you know, that, that uh, I wasn't confessing everything. And back then, I mean, it was all new. We, that doctrine hadn't really come to the forefront, you know. But he's, he's down on my case because, well, I'm not confessing all these things. And uh, uh, it, was, it was the strangest experience because what do you do? I mean, all night long. I mean, he's down in the basement, got a nice room down there for him and everything else. And, you know, wanting to, to help him as much as we could. All night long, you know, he's down there confessing. You know, that's what he's saying. He's just repeating his words over and over and over and over. The same things over and over and over and over. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? If you believe this, why do you have to keep saying it? You know what? You're, 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 you're not believing it. And uh, it was kind of hilarious because I eventually came to the point. He says, look, you know, I said to him, look, you know, I says, all this, all this confession stuff. I says, if it's, if it's really faith, I'll tell you what we'll do. We lived uh, uh, by a lake, you know, a very large lake. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to get a boat in a boat out there. And uh, what I'm going to do is take you out there in the boat and you're going to get out of the boat. and You're going to walk on water. And just kind of had kind of had a way of, of bringing a reality to this aspect of of, of confessing. It, we need to confess the word. We need to confess, and that confession has to be out of faith. Otherwise, it's just simply empty words. And we can go through a we can go through sayings. We can repeat scripture. Actually, you know what? You can just recite the thing over and over and over and over. And if there's no faith in it, then there's no, there's no life to it at all. The Spirit of God is not taking that Logos and making it a rhema word. It simply becomes, it just stays as Logos and it's non-creative. And you see that, uh, you know, quite often where people will just keep saying things over and over and over and over. And it's like, you know, please, you know, would you just stop? Would you just maybe go to prayer, seek God and get God to impart that truth to you? So, you know what? I don't have to, I don't have to keep on, on and on and on, uh, you know, trying to confess this thing into existence. It's already there. I see it. It's a done deal. And now I speak it forth out of, out of faith. And so faith produces the works of speaking. And unless it's faith, it's just simply not going to produce anything. When you look at the life of Jesus, every time he spoke, it produced. It produced. God sent his word and it healed. It healed. It brought results. It represented the kingdom of God. And the Lord is wanting us to be solidly uh, anchored in the word of the living God so that this word is, is our word. And God has committed his Holy Spirit to us. Part of our covenant, covenant agreement that he made with us is that, you know what? You repent of your sin, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and I covenant with you. I will write the word of God in your heart and in your mind. Child of God, if it wasn't important, if it wasn't essential for you and and me. Why would God give us the Holy Spirit to write his word in our heart and mind if we didn't need it? We need it. We need it. I need it right now. On the way for 40 plus years, you know what? I want more of the Holy Spirit writing God's word in my heart and in my, my mind because I know when God brings the word of God into me, it becomes life and it creates in me a greater faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The living word of God, when it is received and it just it explodes inside of us and creates within us a greater likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. It is this word that God is wanting us to grow in, in order that we can speak this forth. Jesus said that out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living waters. 
God, what have you got for my life? What have you got for your people? Rivers of living waters flowing out of you. Not words of criticism, not words of doubt and fear and unbelief, but words of grace, words of faith, words that encourage. Everything that you speak uh, in the family of God, when you go to church, guess what you're doing? You're just actively engaged in speaking forth the word of God. You're doing everything unto edifying. Out of your innermost being is flowing these rivers of living not waters. Not, not words of criticism. Not words of bitterness, not words of doubt and fear and unbelief, but words of faith that are being uh, spoken. Same kind of words Jesus spoke out of your innermost being, out of my innermost being, will flow these rivers of living waters as kingdom people. Yes. Notice what it says in, in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 13 and 14. It is written, I believed, notice, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know. And I want to say here, this, this, these couple of verses of Scripture are essential to, to really understanding. As we get into this arena of, of using and speaking forth the Word of God, we're not speaking forth empty words. We're not, we're not speaking forth words of hope. We're speaking forth words of faith. Notice he says, I believe, duh. Believed. He's believing. He's not hoping. He's believing. He's believing. It's one step further. There's faith involved here with the same spirit of faith, not the spirit of hope, you know, not the spirit of compassion. And sometimes we can have we can have compassion for people and we, we just, you know, we speak forth words and it's, it's just words of compassion. There's no life to it. No results happen. Because why? Because it's, it's really not faith that's, that's being spoken. And we need to realize that we need faith and we need that faith in our lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And in order for me to be effective in using the sword of the spirit, I must have the Word of God in my life. The Holy Spirit must have written that Word in me. There is no doubt about it at all. I believe this about the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this about this situation. I believe in healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be healed. It's not a, it's not a, a, a question mark at all. Faith believes it, and as faith rises, it speaks forth the truth of the Word of God, and it brings with it the creative power of God. That same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore, we speak. Why? Because we know. It's not a, we're not guessing. We're not hoping. We're not wondering, you know, well, you know, if I speak this, I wonder this, I wonder this. No, it's we know that when we speak, uh, it, will, it will actually happen. And so when we start, when we start learning to exercise uh, uh, the sword of the Spirit, we need to realize we need the Word of God in our heart. And I just want to encourage you, child of God, uh, you know, give more, give more time. You know, maybe you're giving, maybe you're giving a, a lot of time uh, to the Word of God. That's awesome. That's great. You know, uh, I give a lot of time to it. I really do. You know, but I want, I want the Lord to speak into me as never before in fresh new ways, dynamic ways, and give myself more to the Word of the Lord. And with that saying, Lord, I'm not just reading this for information. I'm reading this, Lord, so that you can 
pour it into me. You can write it in my mind, write it in my heart, Lord, Lord, so that out of me will flow. You know, I don't want to be a dead sea, you know. No, I'm not a dead sea. That's the uniqueness of the dead sea. Water comes in and nothing runs up. That's not the people of God. That's not you and that's not me. Out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. What's what God wants for you and for me using this sword of the Spirit of God. And, and how it becomes effective is, as we say in, in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. So we read the Word of God and we, we see a promise in the Word of God. Wow, that promise is mine. And what is my attitude toward that promise? I like the way the Amplified it kind of amplifies uh, verse 20 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, so through him we say our amen to the glory of God. When we start agreeing with the word of God, we start agreeing with the promises of God. When we start saying, yes, Lord, that is the word of God to me. I receive that word. In humility, I receive that word. I drink that in. I receive you, Jesus. I open the doors of my heart and I say, come on in, word of God. Come on in so that as you come in, you can pour out of my life and use uh, your word to bless other people, to, ed to edify other people, to pour love into their life, to pour grace into their life, pour, pour blessings into their life so that I can accurately represent uh, the kingdom of God. And so all the promises are yes and amen. It's very interesting. When the word of the Lord came to uh, Mary, she's a virgin, word of God comes to her and promised. Can you imagine just, you know, you just kind of go back and, and, you know, kind of sit in her seat and think, wow, my goodness, that was a strange thing, you know, to come to a, to a young virgin. You know what? Wow, uh, you're going to give, uh, you're going to give birth to the Christ child. You know, how, how, Lord, is this ever going to happen? You know, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Wow, the seed in you is going to be conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And the way she responds to this is just, it's so awesome. And it's so much an example of what the Lord is wanting from you and me. When the word of God is coming to us, how did she respond? She responds this way. So let it be done unto me according to your word. Wow. She's saying yes to the promise of God. Did she really understand all the details of it all? I'm sure she didn't. But she just said, yes, Lord, whatever you say, I'm in agreement with it. I'm saying yes and amen to the promises of Almighty God. And as, as we do, these promises uh, get settled down in us and they become uh, more of us so that out of our innermost being, then, we are able to speak forth. We're able to speak forth uh, uh, life. And... Jesus said that if we would, if we would, uh, if we would believe, <laughs> if we would believe, we would be able to say to this mountain, "Be gone, and it'll be gone." And there's times when, we're, when you know, when we get now to the actual uh, principle of uh, um, how the sword works as far as going against the enemy, and uh, there are those times where you know what? It's like a mountain. It's like a mountain. <laughs> and it's, it, it takes me right back to Zerubbabel. You know, he's, uh, he's going to be actively engaged in rebuilding the temple, you know, after the Babylonians destroyed the whole thing. He goes back there, just a rubble heap. That's all that's there. You know, you think, wow, so much to discourage him. And the word of the Lord 
came to him and said, you know, it's not by power, not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, uh, why do you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you will become a, a level plain. And, uh, you know, when the enemy comes to us, you know, and just brings up a big cloud and wants to arrange circumstances and situations, and, you know, we can hard, you know, the cloud is so thick we can hardly see the sun. You know, the Lord wants to remind us, you know what, we can rise in Jesus' name and we can speak to that mountain. He said, you know, if we've got faith, we can speak to that mountain. We can say, mountain, you be removed. Did Jesus use that? Did he exercise that? Yes, he did. There was a, there was a force coming against him through, through Peter. And he said, he, he, spoke to the, he spoke to the power. He spoke to the principality that was actually using Peter's voice and said, Satan, you get behind me. And there's times in our lives when we need to rise in Jesus' name. You know, the enemy will come with all the doubt, fear, and all unbelief, challenging the Word of God, challenging the promises to us. And what the Lord is wanting us to do is rise up. And in Jesus' name we say, Satan, out of my face, it is written. My God will never leave me, and he will never forsake me, so that I may boldly say, <laughs> I may boldly say, I will not fear what man uh, can do unto me. Hebrews 13 and verse, and verse 5. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And so is it right, is it proper for you and I to actually say and start confessing the word of God out of faith. We're speaking out of faith. We're not, I'm not talking here about presumption. I'm talking here about words of faith. Words the Spirit of God has made alive to us. The promises, they're alive. They are to me. I know they're to me. And when Satan comes to me and says, you know, you should fear this and fear that, you know, how do I respond? I respond by saying, the word of God says, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Therefore, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear the circumstances and situations. Why? Because I'm standing on the eternal living word of God. And that's exercising the sword of the Spirit. And so I believe the Lord wants to encourage us. This is the offensive uh, weapon that God has given to us. Let us, let us uh, allow the Spirit of God to bring the promises into us. Let us be open, receptive. Lord, that's what we want. We're saying, welcome. And uh, as we welcome this, we're not a dead sea. We're going to allow that faith that is in us to begin to speak forth the promises of God when we're challenged. You know, or maybe we see somebody else that's being challenged. You know, the Lord will, will move us into that direction. And you know what? We'll be an instrument to minister blessing, to minister edification. We will speak positive things to our pastor, our elder, our deacons. We'll speak positive things to our neighbors. We'll speak encouraging things, blessings. We'll be instruments in the hands of God that accurately represent Jesus and his kingdom uh, in our generation. Well, in closing, let's just have a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the sword of the Spirit of God. We look to you, Lord God, for just a powerful grace and anointing to rest upon us, Lord God, to help us and enable us to exercise the necessary disciplines, Lord God, so that we can be more effective in using this sword of the Spirit. And I just thank you for this, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. At the end of the video, we have a... Um, our email address there is very simple, email at uh, blowthetrumpet.ca. If you've got any questions or comments that you would 
you know, like to express, and you just feel free to email us, or maybe you've got a prayer request. Carol, my wife, and I, you know, we, we want to be available. We make ourselves available uh, to you. We're not interested in your email address. That's not our purposes at all. Our purpose is simply to make ourselves available to you. You know, and if you're not comfortable maybe with the, with the emailing, you know, then you can, you can get on our Facebook and, you know, private message us that way if, if that's a concern to you. But I guess what really what I'm saying is that, is that we're just here to, to help you in any way uh, we can at all. We want to make ourselves available to you. The Lord richly bless you and you just have a, an awesome Jesus blessed day.